Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. Let's wrap up this series by talking about how you can help your team and yourself kick off the new year strong. So I have a little bit of a stuffy nose, so bear with me. I really wanted to get this episode out as soon as possible because what you do right now is going to impact what happens in the new year. And I wanted you to set yourself up for success before you take your break for the holidays. So this episode is inspired by a question I got on a coaching call last week. And the question was, how can we help our teams understand that what they do right now impacts their results 30 to 60 days from now? And the one thing that you want your team to understand, especially your leaders and your aspiring leaders, is the sales cycle of direct sales. The sales that they got today didn't initiate today. The results that came in today are a result of the actions that they took last week, last month, or maybe even last year. For example, if Susie orders a gift for her daughter, Susie didn't just discover you today. She might have been in your customer group for a while, or maybe she's been following you on social media. And two weeks ago, you talked about a product that would be a great gift for her daughter. Then today, one of your posts showed up in her newsfeed, and it reminded her that she wanted to buy that product. This is why consistency is so important. Lack of consistency and checking out for long periods of time interrupt the cycle. If you take off the rest of December and plan to jump back in in January, your results won't start coming in until the middle or the end of January. Think about it like exercising. Doing a bunch of sit-ups today isn't going to give you a six-pack tomorrow, but if you consistently lift over time, you'll see results. There are two ways you can quickly understand your cycles. One way is to trace recent sales and parties. So let's look at the most recent party. When did you first meet the host? How long did it take to book the party? What about the sales at the party? How long did it take for people to buy? And how much follow-up was involved? And you can do the same thing with your most recent orders. When did you first meet the people who placed the order? How much did you serve them before they placed the order? And how many conversations and posts did it take? Each customer, direct seller, and company will have their own sales cycles. And the point of this exercise isn't to figure out all of the sales cycles, it's to understand that today's results are from last month's effort. Another thing that you can do is graph your results. Before you do one-on-one annual planning with any of your team members, I would have them do this because it's going to give you a lot of insight. Make a graph and put all of the months on the bottom of the graph, and then up the side, write the things that you want to chart. You can chart everything on one chart, and that's really helpful, especially to compare things, but it can also be confusing too. So doing this on individual charts and laying them all out so that you can see them all at once is going to give you the same information. Chart anything that's going to be helpful for you to create your plan. So of course, sales and recruits for sure, but you can also chart the number of parties that you did, the the number of vendor events that you did, the number of opportunity events that you did, things like that. And then this graph will tell a story. So let's look at sales. 
If there's a peak in March, why was that? What was happening in March in your business and in your personal life? Maybe you did a booking bliss in February and had a lot of parties in March, or maybe you got a new catalog in March. You also want to explain the lows. If September was low, why? Maybe you're a teacher or a mom who has a college kid and you spent the last part of August on back to school activities and it took you a few weeks to start seeing results again when you got back to your business. Your business is going to ebb and flow naturally and it's natural for your chart to look like a wave, but you want to avoid severe dips. If your chart is steady except for two severe peaks and one peak is in the spring and the other one's in the fall and those peaks coincide with your catalog releases, If I were looking at your chart, it would tell me that you haven't been growing your customer base and that you're selling to the same people. This might be fine with you and you might not want to change anything, but you might decide that you want more consistent results and now you can come up with a plan to do that. And we'll talk more about that plan in a minute. Another thing I would have your team do, and of course yourself too, is plan some time off. You want to take some time off at least from customer facing events. The holidays might not be a big to-do for you, but they are for most people. And if you try to do a lot of customer-facing activities over the holidays, you'll be disappointed by the response and the results. Plus, you need to model the lifestyle of a successful direct seller. And a lot of people join this industry because they want freedom and flexibility and not feel like they have to work all the time. Time off doesn't mean 100% checked out. Think of it like a teacher who takes personal time during the school year. She isn't in the classroom, but her class is still running, and she planned out all the lessons before she took time off. This is how I would plan my time off for the holiday break if I were still in the field. I would pick my dates for when I wanted to take time off. I typically took off from customer events around the 15th. I wouldn't do any parties or start any new outreach after that. I didn't ignore my customers, and if I was involved in a conversation with someone, I would continue it but I didn't plan to initiate any new conversations after the 15th. I typically took off from my team around the 20th. Again, I was available if someone needed something, but I didn't schedule or plan anything. I let my team know this and that if they needed anything during my break, they could contact me, but our conversation would happen through quick messages and it wouldn't be a two hour conversation about how they can still earn the trip the last week of the year. Someone told me once that someone else's procrastination is not my emergency. And when I took that to heart, it made my life much less stressful. While I was on break, I wouldn't want my team or my VIP group to go dormant. So I would schedule some posts that were simple tips. The post wouldn't be engaging because I wouldn't want to spend time engaging during my break. If there was an unexpected flash sale, I would deal with that at the time. But for the most part, I would just check in once a day or so. I would also pick the date for when I was coming back in January. I would have my team do the same and I would have them tell me when it was. Everyone can pick whatever date they want, but it's important for them to choose a date and to decide what that first week will look like. They want to make that plan now before their break. If they wait until they feel like it to get back to business, it's going to be the middle or end of January before they get going and start seeing results. And then they'll spend February feeling like they're catching up. If they wait until the day they get back to work to come up with a plan, they'll waste the whole first week doing it and that will set the results back too. So I would want them to choose a return date and plan out that first week before they take their break. Their break will be so much more enjoyable because they'll feel like they can really take a break knowing that they have a plan for success. It's like that feeling that you get when you meal plan. 
you know everything is taken care of and it's one less thing to think about during your day. But when you don't have a plan for dinner, you waste so much time figuring it out and you end up eating food that you don't really want to eat. I would either put a post in my team group about this or I would have a discussion on a team chat in early December. When they're choosing their return date, it should be a date that they plan to get back to it at the level they want to so they can reach their goals. That doesn't mean they have to hold parties and team meetings that first week, but their commitment to their business should be there. They should be spending at least half of their time that first week on results generating activities, not just setting up their planner and cleaning out their office. I would encourage them to choose a date after their kids go back to school, unless their kids go back to school in the middle of January. For me, I always put Christmas away and put my house back to normal before I got back at it in January. I need my environment to look like work mode and not holiday mode. And this is what I did when I was a teacher. Christmas was always put away before I went back to school. I knew what day I was going back to school. And when I went back, I was back at it. I had a plan for the first week of school. Otherwise, it would have been chaos. The first couple days we were back at school were just review. And we did some lighter, more fun activities. But by the end of the first week, we were back into the full swing of things. And then, of course, a blizzard would hit and it would be a mess again. So if you live in an area where the weather will impact your routine, plan for it. You don't have to have a solid, detailed plan, but your business should be flexible enough that if your kids are home for a week or if your in-person parties cancel, you can work around it and still reach your goals. When you're making your plan for the first week, ask yourself and ask your team, what do you want those conversations to be about? If you use the party model, Do you want your conversations to be about booking parties or do you want them to be conversations about firming up the party date and start host coaching? If you use a social selling model, do you want to start from scratch with your social media or do you want to pick up where you left off? Whatever you decide, plan for it now. If you want to have booking conversations the first week of January, then right now, write out your list of potential hosts so that on the first day back, you can start contacting them. If you want to have host coaching conversations, send your booking messages out now. You don't have to have firm dates before your break, but you want to at least start the conversation now. I would also have a general plan for my social media. You don't have to have the post written, but it will be easier to jump in in January if you have an outline. I would plan my team meeting too. Most leaders do team meetings the first or second week of the month, and I would have a general outline for what I want to talk about and then firm things up the first week back. I would also give my team a list of suggestions and activities that they can do during the break to set themselves up for success in the new year. They can clean up and clean out their office. They probably have a bunch of papers they haven't looked at for months. They can either toss them or file them. And then they can go through their files and toss the ones that they filed last year that they couldn't part with a year ago. If they don't have a dedicated space, they can create a dedicated office space, even if it's just a box, but they want to set themselves up for success for the new year. The same goes for their digital files. If they're like most people, this can be a deep, deep rabbit hole. You could even have a virtual clean out and organize session where everyone has dedicated time to organize their images, their emails, their videos, and their files. Imagine how awesome it would be to start the new year off clean and organized. They can also add to their video library and start the habit of recording themselves whenever they're using their products. They don't have to record everything, But if they're using their products in their everyday life, which they should be, and they have an extra couple minutes to record it, 
Why not? They can create a content outline for their VIP group. They can just keep it general, but they can start outlining what they want to teach or the topics they want to talk about throughout the year. This is a good group activity for your team Facebook group. Team members can share ideas about things to talk about in their VIP groups. So they can share ideas for how to use products for holidays like Valentine's Day. They can share ideas for how to travel with your products, how to gift them, and how to store them and how to clean them. You can have a content idea bank in your team Facebook group where team members can put their ideas and others can springboard from them. They don't have to put together any of the content right now, but they're going to be thinking about their business during the break and they might as well think productively. These are the kind of ideas that pop into people's heads during unexpected times and now they'll have a place to put them all. The other thing I would suggest is that they go through some of the training they never got to go through or they might want to review for a second or third time. They can pop in their headphones and listen to something in their back office or a recorded team meeting or this podcast while they're taking a walk, wrapping Christmas presents, addressing holiday cards, or baking. I would give them a top 10 list or a choose your adventure list based on what their goals are. If someone wants to recruit, then I would give her a top 10 list of things to listen to for recruiting. So think about all these ideas and pick the ones that are going to work for your team. Don't do all of the ideas, but pick the ones that are going to work and then present them in a fun, light, and easy way. You can do this in your December team meeting, or you can create posts and schedule them throughout December. If you have a team or you want to start building a team, then while you're on your break, think about what your goals are for your team's business next year. And I'm talking about your team as a whole. Do you want your team to become more independent? Do you want them to recruit more or do you want them to become more engaged? Don't share your vision just yet. Just think about it over the break. You're going to be thinking about your business anyway, too. So you might as well be productive. And then when you have an idea of what you want, go ahead and write it out and then play with it for a little bit and then think about it some more. This is going to help you plan out your year next year. Maybe you're on track to create the team that you want right now, but maybe you'll decide that you need to make some shifts. If you want your team to recruit more, what do they need to do that? If you and I were sitting down and having this conversation, I would ask you what kind of opportunity events you're running for them, and I'd want to know if they're engaged with their customers and growing their customer base. If not, it doesn't make any sense for you to kick off January with a recruiting campaign because your team isn't ready for it yet. But what you can do is start making intentional shifts and create a plan so that your team is ready for it by the fall or by the summer. A plan for this is so important. You have to meet them where they are and help them take that next step. And if you go into the new year with a plan, you'll find that the steps fall into place. The final thing that I would do to help my team is to offer to do a planning session with my leaders and my aspiring leaders. And you can define what aspiring leader means to you. If I were defining it, they'd have recruited a few people and they would be consistently working their personal business. Then I would schedule 30 to 60 minute Zoom calls with them. And if they were local, I would try to do it in person at a coffee shop. Before we met, I would have them do some of the recording and graphing that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. And then I would ask them some questions. What do they love about their business? What are they proud of? What's working? What do they want by this time next year? And what needs to change so that they can have that? And I would guide them through this conversation so that at the end of it, they would have a plan that they created for themselves. 
And then, of course, I would ask them how I could help, and I would agree to be available for them within my boundaries. If you want to jump into the new year and enjoy your break so that it really feels like a break, you just have to plan for it before you go on break. And setting yourself up for success for that first week of January is really going to set the tone for the rest of your year. As always, if you have any questions, go ahead and send me a direct message or ask in the Facebook group. Thank you for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D. Northcutt on Instagram. And I love to hear from you and celebrate your success.